0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Real Debaters. I am Michael Petro, your host and one of the debaters on the show. Wow, it's been a couple weeks and some shit has changed, hasn't it? (laughs) Uh, If you have been following us on our social media still, we told everybody that we were still going to continue the show, but we had to figure out how we were going to do it. Well, we figured out how to take phone calls on the podcast. So going forward, we're going to take our normal format of creating a debate and sitting around my living room and giving each other shit. That's just going to go kind of on the back burner for a minute. And we're still going to have some good arguments. We're still going to have some great debate scenarios thrown around here. Uh, We're just expanding the show to, well, anybody who wants to be on it Um, with figuring out how to take phone calls on the show. uh, We're opening this up to anybody who wants to send us an email. Come talk to us for a bit on the phone like we all used to and uh, talk about what you're watching. Hence why we've titled this episode The COVID Watch. Uh, Actually, more like series because we don't know when we'll be able to do the other thing again. (laughs) So right now, this is what we came up with. Uh, We hope you enjoy it. We do. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, So the premise is just going to be a couple different interviews from some of the cast members, family, friends, uh, because everybody's a critic now, everybody's at home watching something that they're trying to, you know, get their mind off of the, off the vid. So they're, they're watching a movie. They never thought they'd try, or they're getting into a new TV show. So everybody can share their opinion on what they're watching. Cause the whole point of the show, if it wasn't funny, it was meant to be approachable. So that's what's happening going forward. And this episode, like other episodes are brought to you by proper design works. Proper design works is a amazing Custom clothing and embroidery manufacturer in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, they are they make clothing. In short, they make uh, custom clothing. So if you want something a little more tailored and fit to your body, go down that route. If you need mass quantities of hats or hoodies or shirts for promotional items and whatnot, uh, they do that route as well too. And the the embroidery machines, man, they are crazy. The technology that they've got operating out of their shop is. Like 20 hats at a time. I love it. It's so cool. Um, I nerd out for technology. But the whole point of this rant is to not talk about my love of technology, but why they are so great. So if you want to find out what I know, check them out on Instagram uh, at proper design works. And if you like what you see, and you want to start a conversation with them, you can hit them up at info at proper design works.com. That's their email address. Again, that's info at proper design works.com and at proper design works on Instagram. Tell them we sent you. So uh, on the show this week, our first COVID watch, we've got Martin Navarro back uh, for his first episode since he moved out to Vancouver. The whole the whole phone call thing was actually kind of part and parcel to that. So it's only befitting that for the second time we try to do this, we actually talk to the guy who bought the shit. Uh, Dan Goldberg, another cast member, he's going to check in with us. And then a friend of mine, Myron which I always pronounce his last name, so right now it's going to be T because it's actually in the episode. A uh, friend of a friend, local Winnipeg film professional. We get down and dirty about some Westworld. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia it was talked about. Uh, Tiger King. If you're noticing, I'm going off on this little trend of television shows on a movie podcast. It's because for this time and this time only COVID is allowing us, well, not allowing, just making us include more in the podcast. So we're going to play with our little brother, the small screen, the television, because not everybody's watching movies, right? Some I'm, I'm watching lost for the fourth time. So what does that tell you? Right? So we're just going to allow the show to broaden its horizons and see what we catch during this interesting time. And what we bring back into the show going forward, we promise Older episode format, that'll be coming back. It's just kind of tough to do with nobody in the living room. You need that energy, that vibe, right? Uh, Lastly, our website, uh, therealdebaters.podbean.com. That's got our cast bios. That's got our merch stands. That's got some funny shit we post from some of our episodes. So if you want to follow us, it's therealdebaters.podbean.com. What else? Well, I think I know what time it is. I'll cue the reel, and you enjoy the show. Boom. Mm-hmm. live. <laughs> cool.
1: <laughs> that is funny. It's been a while.
0: It's it's been it's been so fucking long since you've recorded anything with us, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been some minutes. I would I would imagine how many months is that? Like at least 4? When did you five, move? 4? I left to end of November. That's when I left, right?
0: Yeah, so all My of My De- last episode
1: was probably mid November, I guess?
0: Yeah, all of December, all of January, all of February and now. So that's like it's like nine, ten episodes. I think we've yeah, it's been it's been a while. <laughs> have you? And it's okay if you don't say that you've listened to them all because I'm sure you've been busy once you moved out there. But have you been listening to them all?
1: No, I haven't. I've actually haven't <laughs> listened to any podcasts just because um my new job. I have to actually I can't listen to things in the background and do my new job because I have to talk to a lot of clients. So I don't have time really anymore.
2: Oh, okay. To listen to
1: podcasts, and usually when I listen is at work or during my commute, and my commute's like a 10 minute walk every day. So I just, yeah, just, you're I haven't been that to close anything. to work it's
0: been a while. Yeah. Wow. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm hundred percent jelly of that. I have like, well, now I have a <laughs> 20 minute drive, which was 45 minutes pre pre COVID.
1: Yeah. So you just, there's no traffic. It's like, you get wide lanes. like inside out.
0: So. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Like I can, I, I, I've cut my morning routine down by at least 20 minutes.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm waking up half an hour later just because I don't like I work from home now, right? So,
0: yeah, I just okay. get up
1: and then my laptop's in my living room. So, I just go there and well, my day.
0: Okay, let's let's catch everybody up here because, yes, okay, so you haven't been on the show for a while. How we yeah. we, we we sent you off on the show. We said good luck, Marty. Hope everything goes well up there. <laughs> so, so before we even get into the nuts and bolts of, of what we're trying to do here, which is Essentially, you are the guinea pig for however the rest of this episode goes. <laughs> Hopefully, this this technology that we we've now mastered uh, will work. Um, but uh, so you moved out to Vancouver. What are you still doing the same day job? Because we've 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 come to the same company. Same yes. yeah,
1: same company, different day job. Okay, it's just a different position. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like a promotion and like a step up. So yeah, just still the same company, but just different job, and making more to live but not really making more just like making <laughs> en- enough to get by here <laughs>
0: <laughs> making Vancouver money to get by in Vancouver.
1: Yes, it's it's definitely it's uh, like I like to think of it as like Winnipeg pretty good, Vancouver
0: kind of okay. <laughs> so like Winnipeg North End. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like it just it's well, not no, no, not I that crazy, I don't mean in quality. You know. I just
0: mean in like in like how people in the north end are like you know you always hear they're just barely getting by. Where you're like I'm in Vancouver, which is beautiful, mountains, yeah. great city, obviously great nightlife. But you're like yeah, for Vancouver, it's like just just doing it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, just enough to live, not really live, but I, I have fun. Like I mean, I get to do stuff. It's, it's it's I'm not worried about it. Like it's not it's not one of those things. But um no, it's it's fun here. It's it's definitely great to not have to wear a winter jacket ever again. That's my favorite oh, fuck part. You. <laughs> so I don't know. You guys got to come visit though when you guys are down here stay with me. So. Well,
0: we 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 did have plans, and then I know. <laughs> apparently, you're not allowed to fly anywhere right now, which is as much as I've been like. It, everybody obviously is using different tools in their toolbox to battle COVID nineteen. Which, like, why don't we just call it COVID twenty to really fuck twenty twenty, right? I think that, <laughs> I think we should just round up one digit. I mean, what's the difference? I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't looked enough into the fact that it, are there 18 other COVIDs and this is the 19th one. That's, you know, fucking us all. Or does it matter what number you like kind of like a, like a car model. Does it matter if it's like a Malibu, you know, whatever, it, that doesn't fucking matter. I can't tell you. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I actually I don't, don't know. know just cause like, I didn't know, like maybe it just mutated to the point where now it's a 19th mutation that's what's, causing us trouble, I don't even know where the number comes from I don't. I haven't researched anything except what to do, like I haven't really researched anything from the
0: viruses. Yeah, I've been researching it's, too uh, actually, I've been watching a lot of World War Z <laughs> I've <I'm>, been <laughs> watching a lot of, of Dawn of the Dead, I've been, I've been zombie prepping <laughs>
1: Have you been doing your cardio, Mike? You know that's the number one thing for zombie wars
0: is cardio Jesse Eisenberg has taught me anything it's that cardio is the number one number one on your checklist yeah. for surviving any apocalypse um, so how's the comedy scene out there?
1: It's pretty good. It's fun. Um, it's it's just starting. I guess not really from some from zero, but like you know, just kind of meeting everyone and not really. Um, I, it's just learning it, breaking into a new scene is what I like to, yeah. to call it. it it's kind of it, it's hard, but it's fun. I'm meeting new people. I'm getting. I was getting booked for a couple of shows. Then um, the whole. Coronavirus happened and all the shows are canceled.
0: So <laughs> everybody that was kind of disappointing. Everybody on the but... planet right now has, has the same. They're like, ah, I was doing this and this was kicking ass. Like, and then and then and then COVID. Right. Like everything is is ended with and then COVID. Which... Yes, yeah,
1: that's pretty much what the last three four weeks have been for a lot of people. <laughs>
0: yeah. Then COVID. Then COVID. Then COVID. Well, all right, COVID. You win today. Uh, (laughs) and for the next few months probably (laughs) yeah no definitely my guess is three three months of this which which like okay yes it sucks has my anxiety been Mm -hmm. spiking of course it has been i'm sure everybody's has like we're not we're not special in that regard whatsoever but um i feel that this is what the span like the spanish flu tested our metal so this is going to test our metal right and
1: this is our spanish flu this
0: is our spanish flu and if you do what you're told And you do the best you can with what you got, and you use all the resources at your disposal, you'll get through it. But if you're a COVID idiot and you thought spring break was a great idea to start, you know, shuttling up with as many people as possible, then okay, fine. Natural selection. Darwin is somebody said this to me today. Uh, Megan Sadomsky actually said this to me today. Uh, She said that Darwin is in his grave doing a Mr. Burns finger waggle. It's like I told you. Natural selection was coming for you, motherfuckers, and you didn't listen. (laughs) No, hilarious. (laughs) Anyways, so let's get into the nuts and I'm. Well, before we move on, I'm glad you're doing well because we really haven't talked that much on the phone. We never fucking talk on the phone. You never pick your fucking phone up. First of all,
1: (laughs) you have to tell me just because I always keep my phone on silent. I know, but and I don't. I don't like to. I don't like the the noise. So, but I always check my text messages all the time. Yes. Yeah, you have to let me know. Unless I'm taking a nap, that's the only time where you will miss me on the phone.
0: I swear, the last time I talked to you on the phone, 2015.
1: Yeah, probably when when I probably had like a, a iPhone four or something like that. I don't even know what was my phone back then. Yeah, did.
0: no, it's definitely this is this is breaking a five year chain of of I I know you, I hang out with you all the time, but I never talked to you on the phone. Which again, yeah, we're not I, special. I don't think yeah. anybody does that.
1: I'm not much of a phone person, so I'm like, I don't, I like texting. So, I mean, but I guess now in like with what's going on, you have to just adapt. Right. So
2: yeah. this is a lot. Of, I think a lot of people
1: are doing this now just cause they have been, I think here a lot of the, like, I heard a lot of the uh, calls for Rogers are um, they're getting dropped and quality is down just cause the servers are getting overloaded. Like the cell towers can't handle this many or
3: something. So. Yeah.
0: No, nobody, nobody ever planned on like, n- like, <laughs> I'm sure all the but can you imagine like okay Netflix yes they're downgrading their streaming quality so what they'll give you a credit if you're paying for 4k yeah. and just that's the least of your fucking problems if your 4k goes to 1080p um but uh, can you imagine like the porn sites right now like their streaming level? <laughs>
1: I haven't turned mine off since this whole thing started. It's just playing in the background.
0: <laughs> you just have a constant...
1: It's like, you know, that window screensaver? That's what it's like for me now. Whoever <laughs> pipes that window screensaver, that's what it is now. It's just it's constantly playing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My screensaver is Big Dick's Anal 5.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're always going back to coronavirus. Every time we try to steer away, it's always gone back to coronavirus. So far.
0: All right. So I'm taking a hard right, and we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of this. So okay. um I I we should let everybody know that yes okay we normally we are a movie podcast we have branded ourselves mm-hmm. that we started movies because we all knew movies we, we 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 a little note for everybody this actually started at a table at Smitty's having wings that's where this whole thing really like if you want to look at an inception moment it was Martin Steve Taylor Aaron Dole and me sitting around eating wings going, Hey, we should like record this or put this somewhere. And then I was like, I'll go buy all the shit. And then, you know, snowballed (laughs) from there. So, um, so we, we, we started with movies, but in a time of crisis, in a time of uncertainty and in a time of transition and change, I thought, you know what, let's play with our little brother television and include him until he gets too fucking annoying. And we send him back to, you know, preschool or wherever the fuck he is. I don't know. Um, this is a bad analogy, but uh, <laughs> when uh, so w- when when this is all said and done, we'll get back to our normal routine. But uh, me and you kind of came to the idea that we're like, hey, let's call everybody, yeah, and do like a COVID watch and check in with everyone because you bought this lovely piece of technology that allows us to take phone calls. Mm-hmm. So uh, good investments,
3: good investments. <laughs> I was
0: I was telling somebody today. I was like, I can't imagine if I hadn't done like we if we hadn't bought this thing and then like tried to figure it out now i'd be like no i only have room for so much drama in my head right now and this would have just been Mm -hmm. like fuck it and we wouldn't be here so uh all on you dude for this this is definitely no worries is is fun so excuse me um so the whole premise of this is COVID watch. What are you watching? What do you, what do you keep in, in your eye, in front of your eyeballs to, to pass the time? So let's, you are the inaugural guest, my friend. So what have you been watching in the last week to two weeks since, uh, the uh, shit has hit the fan?
1: Well, I've been, I, I, I was going to pick this for my what to watch watching? but I'm going to pick it for my, I'm going to save it for what would you recommend? But what I've been watching, what I was going to, what I'm going to use now is, uh, just, Ozark just came out. So I just finished that.
0: Oh, did you binge it um, all? Season
1: three. Yeah, in... Sorry, I, I
0: cut out there for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Did you did you did you binge it in like one sitting?
1: Yeah, finished it all in one sitting. Um, really good. I didn't know that Jason Bateman actually directed a bunch of them. So yeah, that was that was crazy to see. Um, just seeing his name through the credits directed by Jason Bateman, I was like, oh, I thought he just acted and produced, but yeah, he's doing some directing too, which were I like this. Have you have you seen it? Well,
0: I was. See, that's funny. Is that uh, me and Shauna swear like stack of fucking Bibles. Every religion known to man swear that we watched it. And then I went to my Netflix account and was like, wow, season two, episode five. What the hell? So we rewatched the last five episodes and we were like, I think I saw this. I don't know. Did you do it? And then she's like, I remember it. And I'm like, well then where the fuck was I? And what boyfriend were you watching it with? Like, you know, and like, does that ever happen to you? Where, like, you're, like, you swear you watched something, but, you know, the the time it takes to make the new one and market it and get it out, it's so long, so much time has passed that you're, like, man, I guess I've watched more than I thought I did because you just don't remember shit.
1: Yeah, no, I, not that, but it's something similar to that. Like, um, like I, I've been watching a lot of anime, too, and um, Castlevania, I don't know if you've ever seen that on that. Yeah, Castlevania is st- based on the it. video game Castlevania with... Um, simon belmont and dracula and stuff like that um but season three just came out and i didn't even realize season two came out and wow. i've just seen season one so i was like huh is this one of those things where i thought i could have sworn i saw it but i didn't so i ended up watching season two and i'm finishing off probably season three tonight and stuff like that so okay yeah, yeah that's
0: that's that. awesome that you tell me that because i real that's the kind of animation that i like like for 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 what's the proper term? And and I'm Japanese animation. Yeah, (laughs) okay. I think I called you Korean once, and I know I was being a dick, but like (laughs) enough racial misappropriation. Um, But yeah, I really got into that because that reminded me of a couple Japanese animation movies I'd watched like 12, 15 years ago. And then couldn't believe it. it really... Ninja Scroll? Ninja Scroll? It was Ninja Scroll. Yes. The white boy, <laughs> the white boy <laughs> was introduced to Japan, Japanese anime, Japanimation by Ninja Scroll. I like them titties. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good anime
1: though. And Ninja Scroll is a really good story. It is. Really a... well animated too.
0: It's a great story. And like this, the sass and the, and the jokes from, I, I don't remember his name. And if I try to pronounce it, I'll totally botch it. So, but the main character, the, this, I guess, samurai that's killing all those, crazy creatures. I was like, he's funny. I like him. They've totally made him white and they've whitewashed it, which is probably why. But I like him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I could relate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But back to Ozark, yes. So we watched the last five episodes and then last night watched the first uh the first episode of the third season. So like right after right after they buy the boat right after everything happens. And then Wendy's like, no, we're staying. And then I was like, where the fuck is this going to go? And now that I've watched the first, um, uh, the first episode for the third season, like, does it, it's a little, can you agree? It's like a little, like what the fuck has happened since the second season to the third season?
1: Like the, what happened in between all that stuff is what you're asking.
0: Yeah. They really fast tracked it in my humble opinion.
1: Yeah. I guess. Cause it, I can't, I, you know what? I, uh, it's been a while since I've watched the second season. Um, I don't, I didn't rewatch any of the last episodes. I just went straight into the third season, but I guess at the end of the second season, is that when they just like get the casino? I mean, they haven't really started running it yet. They just finally, you know, came to their side. Was that the end of the second season?
0: Yeah. The end of the second season is they, they ink the deal with the gaming commission. They're allowed to build it. And then the next, like the first episode of the third season is the boat is built. And I'm sorry, people are gambling. People are gambling. And I'm like, OK, yeah, I, I great fast track that that makes a lot of sense. I don't want to see. I, don't, I, I get that they've been approved so you can allow for construction over the break. But what I don't get and maybe now that I'm mentioning this, you'll see it, too. That's one big fucking casino. Like, it's way bigger than the boat actually is, in my opinion. So, I'm trying to figure out. Like,
1: the inside? You mean the inside's bigger?
0: Yeah. Is that because it's attached to, like, the boathouse and it's all, like.
1: Yeah, I think there's. It's okay. probably attached to a hotel or something. I, that's what I'm guessing. Um, probably they shoot some of the parts. Um, you know, I guess that bar when, when Marty's officers, I guess. Maybe is that, like, uh, is that in the boat or is that, like, yeah, at that's the hotel that's,
0: kind of part? That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. I'm like, how fucking big is this boat? Because the exterior shots of it, I'm like, Okay. It's not that big. Like that wouldn't be fun. That's like the River Rouge. That's 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 yeah. like going on the high school boat, right? And getting drunk on on a River or some shit like that. And then the next season it's this grand casino and it's beautiful inside and I'm like, I don't think you can fit that in there physically. Physics no. don't make sense in this scenario, but that's just me.
1: No, I think it is connected though. It's got to be cuz I mean they also have the stage, you know, sorry. They have a, like a upstairs part too yeah, of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's got to be there's a separate part I think everything that's kind of red background is on the boat and then everything that's kind of like that wooden background is on in the like hotel area, I guess, or that second building that they built to attach to it. Okay. So yeah, I don't know, but it is, it is that now that you mentioned, I'm like, yeah, it is a little bigger than I thought. You
0: (laughs) you realize that. Like they do this long wide shot and I'm like, where the fuck is this? Where have we gone? Am I, uh, I'm
1: sure they'll address it in the plot hole thing. in the director's commentary later. It's (laughs) like, this is this, this is this.
0: I thought I was watching an episode of Westworld. I was like, "Oh, it's fucking with the timeline."
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a. It's. I like. I like this season. I won't go. I won't sell it. Like, I guess I won't ruin anything for you because I go. I know you're just on episode one, but I like the season. Um, I actually liked it better than season two. Uh, the,
0: the like critics. the characters I like
1: are just becoming more of themselves, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it just it's it, it's just putting out fire after fire after fire that show, which is, I guess, the kind of TV that I like, you know?
0: Dan Goldberg.
4: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> What's up, Mike?
0: I realized as as I came up with this idea to kind of pivot for more normal format that some of us have never talked on the phone to each other before, and how taboo that is these days.
4: Yeah, who the hell talks on the phone? What are we quarantined? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do we have? No other mode of human interaction? occasionally <laughs> like, sending our voice? Or is that the only way to not? tell the elderly these
0: days <laughs> and that's why the, Like, like this the whole podcast is like uh, any is a is a is a adventure in mental health because it's like i love laughing so at the end of a week if i've had a shitty week and we all get together and make fun of shit in person like i didn't realize how much of that removed from my life would make me feel so it's great to now call people who you know are funnier than me and then be entertained because it's just this is all to my benefit. This is just for my mental health. Fuck the podcast.
4: Oh yeah, my my threshold for like who I screen on phone calls has gone way down over the <laughs> past few weeks.
0: Are you talking to telemarketers?
4: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They wh- whoever calls, whoever wants to talk, whoever I know is not a robot. I'll talk to a lot of robots actually.
2: These days. <laughs> 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 oh, who am I kidding? Yeah,
4: I will talk to robots. Yeah, no shit. Uh, give me a good phone tree, not health, not Manitoba health links—they're a little busy. But... <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine?
0: Can know. you yeah. imagine someone crank calling them and being like, "So, how how you doing? <laughs> like,
4: <laughs> is your refrigerator running? Yes, we have a lot of samples to keep." <laughs>
0: like like, no seriously tell me like how are you feeling we, I, I know you're stressed like what, what would you like to talk about i need to fucking make my tests to leave me alone <laughs> anyways i digress um so the whole point of this like i told martin and i'm telling everybody else um this is covid watch 2020 with the real debaters how we are all now forced to put you know tons of content in front of our eyes so that we can de-stress and not constantly think about COVID, COVID, COVID. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to get us together still, then get random people that we've never had a chance to talk to, and then family and friends. So this whole thing is going to spiral into something. I can't tell you what, but I'm glad that you're the second guppy or guinea pig, as they say in science. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's start off. Let's go right up the uh, right up the middle here with you. Um, I told you that a new service came out today. I told everybody that a new service came out today. You
4: you didn't have to tell me. I knew.
0: You knew. Well, you, I figured you would know out of everybody because you make a 30 second podcast. So you would know about a 10 minute movie streaming service before anybody else.
4: Yeah. They, they push it on social media and, uh, and I am I am intrigued. Did you say it started today? I didn't know when it started.
0: It. So what we're talking about for everybody here is Quibi, which is the new streaming service that has launched today. It was and it was its official day. It didn't like bump itself up because of COVID or anything because they knew everybody would be at home. Um, but uh, the the basis of said streaming service is it's a new set of shows that are done 10 minutes at a time. And it did drop today. So. My question to you, Dan, is will you you already know about it, but will you be partaking in Quibi? Uh
4: well 90 day, <laughs> ninety day free trial, I like that idea. It's it's better than their competition, so I don't see why I wouldn't check it out. And I think uh, a lot of the worst part of this uh, pandemic is gonna be over in ninety days. I think shit's gonna change so I think ninety days will get us through it, so we might as well take a look on their
0: offer.
4: Uh, it, it looks like there's there's some fun things on there.
0: Yeah, I got a list here actually of yeah. uh, of everything that's here. Of course, my link isn't refreshing, but I do know that a, a most dangerous game remake is done with it. Yeah. Liam Liam Neeson's that's... gonna or Liam Neeson Liam Helmsworth. Sorry. <laughs>
4: yeah. Where's that movie? The two Liams going, like, that's what I want to see. The two Liams going, going at it, hunting each other.
0: <laughs> Liam versus and get, Liam. And
4: get that Liam from, uh, from Oasis in there too. He's he's angry. I don't know if he's got the fight in him, but he's, uh, he's angry. <laughs> Liam Gallagher, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, so yeah, here we go. I found the list; it already it popped back up here. So, but that, um, that's
4: one I highlighted. Most dangerous game. I didn't know that was a remake, but I like to. I like uh, the idea that a hunter all of a sudden getting hunted.
0: We um, yeah, we did something about that, didn't we? Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, something similar. Well, well, the general hunting movies, but I don't think any. I don't think we ever in that podcast. I don't think we ever touched on the hunter getting hunted. No, mostly people. Knowing they were getting hunted and
0: that was it. Exact no, you're definitely right. And and well, I shouldn't say it's a remake. It's actually a short story that's been finally okay. turned and has and has been an inspiration to that genre that we debated about the hunter now being hunted and, and so on and so forth. So that's that's pretty much the one that really pulled me in. There's another one here with uh uh flipped. It, inspired by a reality series Fixer Upper flip stars Will Forte and Caitlin Oslin as regular people who find $500,000 to produce a TV series and must collaborate with Mexican gangsters for a special project <laughs>
4: like yeah I, I was a big fan of that pitch uh, of course uh, I'm a huge fan of Caitlin Olson because uh, I've probably said this on the podcast already It's Always funny. in Philadelphia is the funniest television show ever made and i will i will argue anybody on that subject i
0: i would love to, i would uh, love to argue you on
4: she, it she's absolutely amazing and i will watch that show
0: i i i would just like to say i'd love to argue you on that but i've never seen an episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia
4: well yeah, it was going to come up in later one of my recommendations, but there's 14 healthy seasons of that television show, <laughs> um, 13 of which include the amazing Danny DeVito. So, uh, watch it. Okay. Yeah, we can get into it later, but it's uh, it's great.
0: Um, so yeah, but I I, I I it's kind of funny too because with with the whole Quibi thing. Um, A lot of people are like, well, where can I watch it? How can I watch it? Can I watch it on my TV? And they're like, actually, no. This is meant for your cell phone and your cell phone only, which is great. But the shitty thing is most apps cast. These guys don't even have AirPlay yet or Chromecast. Ooh. So does that make you change your mind because now you can't cast to a device?
4: Casting would be nice. Like, yeah. Because, like, the 10-minute format if it was just that, like, I wouldn't say that's the worst thing for the, for the uh, pandemic, like quarantine watching. Cause like, like adult swim has thrived in the 10 minute format. Uh, but yeah, the only be- being able to watch on, on mobile, like, I don't know about you, but I'm charging my cell phone a lot less these days. <laughs> uh, yeah. Simply because like, if I'm listening to music, it's it's like on my home stereo system if i'm watching something on youtube it's on my pc screen right like yeah there's very little call to watch or listen to to something on my mobile device these days so yeah that that might be bad times but if they got smart people there i'm sure they're spambling to get some sort of casting or get a roku channel going or something uh I,
0: uh, I diet, so. yeah, I, yeah, it, and I mean, it is, it is first out the box, right? It's first gen. So like, mm. obviously there's going to be enough complaining that people are going to do that, but you know, I'm the complete opposite of you. I stream from my phone. I've got two Amazon, uh, uh, <laughs> fire sticks. There we go. Um, I've got two Chromecasts, one I left in Vegas, so I still call it mine, even though it's plugged in the back of a TV in the Flamingo. uh i've got the xbox one which streams from my phone it's got the bluetooth capability and we have a smart tv so i'll stream youtube crave netflix like wherever like i just like the ability to be like here grab my phone i like i like turning my phone into a remote is i get i get suckered into that
4: yeah i've got i've got a roku express for my tv and that's pretty good you can do pretty much pretty much everything it comes with a remote and you can use uh you can use your phone as remote too. Yeah and the f- cast to it. It's pretty it's pretty dope.
0: The phone remote thing is gonna be the new yeah. the new thing, I think, just as that as everybody just realizes we can't do it without Chromecast or Airplay. And the best thing is the Fire Stick lets you do it with like any device. Like they're super friendly, where like Chromecast works best with Google. AirPlay obviously works only with Apple. Who the fuck do they care about? And they come to the party by themselves um yeah. so uh all right cool well that's that moving on um so we haven't seen each other for like uh, too long and uh what have you kind of what have you been watching that you really like these days
4: uh yesterday i just finished uh the series the first season of the boys on prime that was that was pretty good I would give it four out of <clears throat> five uh stars i don't I got a Figure out my my rating system. I I gotta I gotta figure out what's important to me and get four out of five, whatever those are. So we'll leave that. Okay. We'll we'll leave the rating system uh, blank for now. But it's four out of five Dan approval units. We'll leave that <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, want to make. I, I, <laughs> I really love the concept of it, and the action was cool. The characters were cool, but the dialogue was just it. The dialogue, they really fell short of the dialogue. It, it got pretty cheeseball, and like, even with a such an original storyline, like some parts of it are just somehow derivative. I don't know. Have you seen it? Yet?
0: I started to watch watch it, and I got I got really interested in it really quickly. And that these days, I mean, I'm I'm a prime candidate for Quibi because I give something less than ten minutes, so. Mm-hmm. Um. But I watched right up to where the couple is having a conversation. And then one of the bad heroes comes flying by so fast and like hits her with this immense force. And then all that's left is her hands and arms in.
4: Oh, yeah. That was five minutes into. The... Exactly. The
0: <laughs> yeah. And I left it there and. I haven't come back to it because what is the biggest problem in my life right now it's not being stuck at home it's not remembering to watch the right shit that you start right like i'm like oh okay cool i'll totally get into this and then somebody says hey this is so fucking great and then i'm like oh i'll forget who i came to the dance with Fuck that i'm going with this person or this show
4: yeah that like i had no like i knew it was about superheroes and it was like kind of kind of funny that's all i knew about it and then that exact moment where where basically, I I don't think it's a spoiler for it happens five minutes into the first episode, so, where the woman explodes and all that's left is in your hand. Like right when I saw that and how they executed it visually, like I'm like, okay, you got me. I, I'll I'll keep watching. Like like as for as gory as it was, it was. Uh, I don't want to say it was funny, but it was like it was intriguing. <laughs>
0: Um, no, it was funny. It was definitely funny because I I think that whole fight was about commitment or something or like codependency. It just had, it had a running theme, like the site. Oh yeah, it
4: was about, it was about a Bon Jovi actually.
0: Oh, even better. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, I did dig it, but I never, I never got back to it. So like, uh, I'm new to this whole entire TV show you're talking about. Give me like a two sentence synopsis for everybody listening.
4: Okay. So, uh, so it's a world where there's there's about a couple hundred superheroes and they're only in America and they're and the best ones are you know are managed by this corporation which is kind of like a live nation but instead of like for musical performances they put you know they've got a superhero in every major city in America
2: <laughs> okay. and then
4: they have like the top level, which is the Seven, and that's like the just their Justice League, basically. And uh, so one of the one of the storylines is uh, this young woman who gets who who auditions to be in the Seven and gets called up. And since there's only like so she's basically one of the best seven best superheroes in America. And but they but like the audition process is kind of, they kind of set it up like an SNL audition. And uh, so it's like following this one girl who's a new superhero, but then like, like we mentioned, like the first few minutes into the first episode, uh, this, this guy's girlfriend explodes uh, because a superhero ran through her at super speed and just basically made her explode. <laughs> and he yep. gets, he decides he wants to start taking on the superheroes and he finds, a, he finds this other group of people who've already been hunting superheroes who, or who have done it before and they become the boys and start, uh, start uncovering okay. the corruption of I, yeah. okay. uh, these corporate superheroes in America. That, though. So,
0: that makes the me want to go back basically to it. The, villains. the you're just saying the heroes are basically the villains?
4: Yeah, but it's not like in The Watchmen where it's like is it up in the air like it, like The Watchmen basically resolves I'm not I'm not ruining the series, but the movie basically resolves in, you know, everything's a grey area. This is like black is white, white is black. It's pretty cool.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, you've you've resold me on this. I'm currently my (laughs) my prime shows that are being watched are the first, which is the first mission to Mars with Sean Penn, the healthiest man in Hollywood. It's actually really good. It's it. I would I would ruin it if I described it in any way, shape or form, because it's it's a very basic plot. It is the first mission to Mars. So obviously, whatever drama can happen on a spaceship that we've all seen in every other spaceship movie happens. But um. It's it's interesting because it goes behind the emotional conflict, the politics, the money. Like, it's more about how this is a first for humankind, and everybody's got to go through it. And you know, the president's arguing why spend more money and what's the point of it scientifically. So that's a super solid watch on uh, on Prime. And then uh, I also got into I started the first episode of Tales from the Loop yesterday. Yeah, I I, I
4: wanted to watch that, I, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty interested to see, uh, you know, to watch it and find find the, the like see the parts of Manitoba. And I I actually I was actually doing a, a show in Selkirk where when they were filming parts of that show, and uh, I I really want to like geek uh, out and watch the series and, and see if I can see the the Selkirk waterfront in, in the shot and pick it out.
0: I, uh, with, with the, with, uh, the, the day job that I have that we've talked about in the past, we, we rented a lot to them. They were a very big production and, uh, I, I have the list if you want, I'll send you, I'll send you the, the addresses of where they filmed and then you can see if you can figure them out.
4: All right. I, yeah, I'd like to do it like a, like an old time, uh, Go book and make see how many I can do on my own. And then okay.
0: Check my answers. All right. Cool. I'll, I I have the answer <laughs> key, man. You let me know when you're fed up. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, those are my like kind of two that are keeping me going right now. That are that are mine, right? Like the ones that me and Sean are watching together. We just finished Ozark season five. We kicked that in the ass. Yeah, I I, I didn't I didn't
4: keep watching that after season one. I it was it's it's. I don't know. If it's just a little too dark and bitter for my liking.
0: It is. I mean, anything related to a drug cartel doesn't have puppy dogs and rainbows on it. So I yeah. definitely understand how some people are. And like, yeah, and you even, know
4: me, puppy dogs and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be my first tattoo. Not not the things, the words. Puppy dogs and rainbows.
0: <laughs> In old English, please. Yeah um anyways so uh what else we got here oh yeah this is what i wanted i wanted everybody to know um we always pick we're we, we're very strict with what we pick right like we put it in a box and then we argue it that way but we never really get to talk about like our personal loves right like our, our top 10s or our top 57s whatever you have in that that wheelhouse but like tell everybody out there right now something that maybe oh, who fucking knows if they've watched it but uh, what what's a personal recommendation from Dan Goldberg going at these days? What would you tell people that they should get their eyes in front of?
4: Okay, well, I mentioned It's Always Sunny to Philadelphia. yet okay. And if you haven't watched that show, I'm sure you've heard about it. Just fucking watch it. <laughs> I mean, like it's It's a funny show on television. Daddy Arito's in it. There's 14 seasons. And so it's extremely binge-worthy. And the thing is, they have... They do they do that thing that a lot of good comedies do that that uh, that The Simpsons did, and is they have they have their own Springfield. They got like cast of characters that come in and out of the episodes, and it's super funny and silly. And uh, they're horrible people, and they never win. (laughs) And that's what makes it so funny. You you like to. There are people you can laugh at all day, and you never want to be. <laughs> so, it's great. That's um, that's a
0: really great way to sell a show. Is that it? it, it use yeah. this as a as as a template for life. Never be this.
4: Oh yeah, I I heard that's that was the the, the secret to why why Seinfeld works is there were no one had ever done a group of anti-heroes. like that's that's why it ended the way it did is because they. That's that's the way they get away with everything is they never win, right? Like they were like each of the four like George, Jerry, Elaine, and Cosmo. They're each of them terrible people, and they never were better off for for the antics they pulled.
0: you know? And that's why yeah. it was
4: that's why it was so funny. That's why everybody liked to laugh at them because they never won.
0: And we don't like hearing about good news and we don't like hearing no. about the hero, you know, getting the princess. We like watching shit happen to other people that, you know, makes it helps us prop ourselves up. That makes perfect sense. I've never I've never looked at Seinfeld on such a philosophical level before.
4: <laughs> yeah, it, it's as simple as that thing. Never win. And that's why it's funny.
0: Well, the more you fucking know you're in it. You're you're an yeah. educator, Dan. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, but <laughs>
4: that, that wasn't my concept, but. I I tell it like it was.
0: (laughs) There's that. You there, buddy? I am. Okay. All right. Hello, Myron. Uh, Myron, how do I I say your fucking last name?
3: (laughs) Uh, Last name is Tatarin. Tatarin. But apparently there are many Tatarins, Tatarins, and
1: yeah.
3: It's, It's however you want to pronounce it. I was brought up Tatarin. And then my dad broke my heart like two weeks ago and told me it's actually pronounced Tatarin, but we've been pronouncing it Tatarin. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just going to keep running with that.
0: (laughs) That's funny. I I feel your pain because when I was in kindergarten, um, my my kindergarten teacher forced me to spell my name M-I-C-H-A-E-L the right way. And uh, I kept doing that up until I lost my social insurance card when I was like 16 and I had to go fill out a new form and and they, uh, they were like, uh, "This is you're not who you say you are. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you're not, this isn't you. And I was like, what's wrong? And he flips the screen around and he's like, yeah, you spell your name E-A-L on your birth certificate. And I was like, no, I don't. And then my mom's like, oh, yeah, we spell your name E-A-L. And i had been spelling my name wrong for 16 years.
3: Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was fun. <laughs>
3: no kidding.
0: Anyways, so let's get into why we have you on the show today. First of all, how I know you. I I. I through Macar, my, my co-worker at work yeah okay yeah and Good then Macar. and then we've then I find out through all of my 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 nosiness through trying to get into movies adjacent that you also work in the you're you're a Manitoba film professional as I've affectionately given you all that title
3: professionals is a big word to toss around like that uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been working in the film industry in Manitoba for probably three and a half years now coming on four so
0: and you're loving it, I'm guessing.
3: Absolutely, I, I get to work in the movie industry. So yeah. what's not to love about it?
0: Right, you get to make believe.
3: Exactly, it's a big. The, the world is a is a toy box.
0: <laughs> that's like, right now, man. That's the kind of positivity people need to hear. <laughs> so, um, you have been selected as, as many other people, to come and and chat with me about your COVID watch. That's the whole theme of this show and basically we can't get together with my normal podcast. So I figured, well, every, the whole purpose of my show was everybody has an opinion on movies. So why not talk to everybody? Cause nobody's doing anything.
3: It's true. It's very true. I, I love talking to movies and talking to movies. Love, talk, love talking about movies clearly, <laughs> as I'm here. Um, sometimes I bore my friends to death, but you know, as you know, through Macar, I'm sure he talks movies nonstop to you as well. He. So, uh, anytime people want to talk movies, I'm always an open buck.
0: He's such a saving grace at work when he got hired, because as soon as I found out he has like the, the same length of hard-on we have for movies, I was like, oh, finally, I can work with someone I get along with. Yeah, like, I guess
3: like, that when you have that click of something you, you care about a lot, it makes everything... Hell of a lot
0: easier I know he's definitely going to listen to this episode so I'm going to put it on the record right now I chew his ear off about this podcast and I bounce stuff off of him all the time and he is such a good sport about it I'm sure he's like shut the fuck up already and get back to work <laughs> so Makar shout thank you Macar. <laughs> shout out to Makar for being my sounding board for a lot of ideas actually <laughs> um, there you go so all right let's 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 get into what I wanted to talk to you about specifically because everybody gets like a little bit of a catered show here um This is actually me and Makar were talking about this at work. And I thought, man, it wouldn't be a great conversation for you and I to have. So I had mentioned to you that and this was inspired by a lot of things are inspiring me lately. Tiger King, the movie Cats. I'm pulling a lot of from from both of these from both of these worlds. And uh, what I pulled from Cats was I said, me and Makar were talking and he said that it would probably be a really good movie if it didn't get shit on so quick. Because it's got Taylor Swift, Dame Judi Dench. Um, why is his name leaving me right now? Um, fucking Gandalf. Jesus, help me out here. Uh,
3: yeah, you're pretty much in Idris Elba.
0: <laughs> Idris Elba yes, Idris Elba. Like what? Yeah, like you Jason ha- Derulo. Jason Derulo. That's uh,
3: just like a random. Hey, let's just throw on an extra. Yeah, let's have this Jason Derulo. He hasn't done anything in the spotlight for like four years.
0: So why not call him up and then Ian McCallum on top of that? That's what I was trying to pull the name from the yeah. head there. So you've got this really great lineup, but then a movie gets to theaters and within 24 hours, its chances are shot Friday, end of day. That's when everybody in the studio, everybody, at, every, all the agents, that's when everybody's talking about if this movie's going to be a hit or not. And we thought, wouldn't it make more sense for everybody to have a standing chance and stop moving, judging it by box office alone and put a movie embargo on everything give it a week, let the people get to the theater, experience it for themselves instead of some shit heel in their mother's basement calling the movie out and they haven't even seen it yet. So I want your opinion on should there, should not, should there, or shouldn't there be embargoes on movies?
3: Well, I, that's, that's a huge question. Like I've been thinking about that all day since you sent that to me. Um, i <laughs> I'm like, damn, this is, this is a big question. I, th- I think there's pros and cons to absolutely everything, whether they seem very bad or very good. Um, Obviously, the embargoes have been placed there for a reason, you know, multi-million dollar studio companies. uh, They want to ensure that their investment is going to pay back, right? So from a business standpoint, it's like, yeah, if if they tossed all this money and got all of these big stars on a subpar movie, and it turns out after they're done editing it all, they're like, okay, it's like a passable, okay movie. We got a good name director. We got some good cast. Score's fun. It's a musical everyone knows and loves. What can go wrong? We're going to sell a bunch of tickets, right? Which is great, but then you have that embargo happening. Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. That's okay. You have all of those big wins, I guess you could say, and if their investment isn't going to work out, meaning that the film actually is a piece of shit, then they're going to be, not want people to say, oh, yeah, this film is a piece of shit. Two weeks before it comes out, right? Totally. Like it, it, it's, it's like I understand that from the business standpoint, but at the same time, this kind of wraps into the whole debate about you know Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic scores and all of those things leading the way on what people go see nowadays, and I don't like that um, because you know it's, it's it's at the same point with the embargo. At the end of the day, to answer your question. Uh, properly and straightforwardly, <laughs> I don't like okay. it. I like the fact that you can experience a movie without knowing anything about it, and which is why recently I've actually started weaning myself away from watching trailers because I've ruined a couple movies for myself, like 1917, from watching trailers just because I have my brain starting to pick apart what's going on in the trailer. And so when you have someone write a piece, about a movie and it's negative then it starts stockpiling with other people and let's get serious when you go to a movie and you have all these selections and you're like oh this seems okay this seems okay and this seems okay you have three okay options what are you going to do well the logical thing is you're going to look up the reviews what are people talking about exactly so then, then let's get everyone goes to imdb everyone googles what are people saying right whatever has the highest number throw a dart okay let's go see that And when a movie like Cats gets bombarded with these negative reviews, it it absolutely cripples. And I'll be completely honest, like, when the trailer came out for Cats, Makar and I shared the trailer, and we were talking about it. We're like, this looks absolutely ridiculous.
0: But at the same
3: time, Tom Hooper directed the Les Miserables, you know, 2012 film adaptation, (laughs) and it's like one of Macar and mine. I can I never know that grammar. It's one of our favorite musical adaptations. It's just like a phenomenally well done film. And I was like, oh, my God, Tom Hooper did Les Mis. He's going to be doing Cats, even though this trailer looks absolutely ludicrous. And I don't know why I want to go see it. I think I would go see it for Shiggles anyway, just because Tom Hooper directed it. And Ian McKellen and Judy Dent are in there. So if they're in it, you know, maybe this has got some coolness to it. I but then it oh, gets, go on bombed
0: with
3: sorry no go on but then it gets bombed with all these reviews and then because it just becomes almost like a trend to to stack on these bad reviews like it's now a topic to talk about you know cats being the shitty movie because it's one thing to talk about already when people are like oh there's a cgi slash not cgi photorealistic movie about the cats musical with all of these stars faces slapped onto cats bodies that alone is a marketing thing. But now that it's getting shitty reviews, of course, you're going to get all the trolls and all the haters who haven't even seen it. They've only seen what everyone else has seen in a trailer and they're going to start shitting on it too. And I, uh, I want I, inter- I, I I to interject
0: cool. here if you, if you don't mind for a sec on this because yeah. we share, we share a, a mind on this and as you've been saying what you're saying, I'm like, yep, I agree. Yep, I checked that box. Totally, yep, makes perfect sense. I think if you're going to do it, and I hate to make a case for this movie but not that movie, but it kind of makes sense that if there is a massive budget and a massive push behind it to make the only person that matters, the people who pay to go see the movie, the fans, I I, have pulled back from trailers. Here's a little tangent from what I was saying. Because for that exact reason, I get two in my head, I start assuming shit. I start, for no lack of a better word, I start Westworlding it, right? where I'm like
2: oh yeah oh dude yeah <laughs>
0: like how deep can the rabbit hole fucking go and then you get there and you have put a set of expectations on 2 minutes of a movie that are edited specifically so that you don't know what's going on so trailers now when when trailers got trailers that's when I was like okay the 30 second teaser the minute and a half trailer the full release trailer like give me a fucking break like i've how much of this yeah. movie am i going to see and you know Whatever marketing campaign they throw at this, at the end of the day, my answer remains if it's of a certain value, I think it should be hey, listen, we invested this much money into this. Now we got to market this thing for another 50 to 100 million around the world. We got to spend all the money to put everybody in front of all of the fans. Like, to somebody who, and I mean, with my position in my day job, I see what you guys do, I see the value, I actually see how much it costs to do a portion of what you're doing. So, I have a lot more respect now for a movie embargo than I did pre current job because I would just, you know, you'd, you'd rip it and then you'd, you know, not even pay to go see it or whatever and be one of those dicks. And now it's like, there's some guilt there. So if Marvel's going to drop 250 million into a movie, you should put an embargo on that because that's, that, that's an adventure that is a task and a half. You know, there's a lot of moving parts there that everybody deserves a fair chance. You want don't throw it against a 30 million dollar movie, you know, like District 9 for example yeah. or Knives Out, like you know, or Invisible Man for that matter. Like nobody's you're going to have your pockets of critics talking about it, but you're not going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars, which you and I both know. Everybody who makes the movie gets paid first. Like yeah. It's not it's not like you're waiting for your paycheck after you've worked on a movie, myron, you get paid while the movie's being made and then hopefully all the money that they spent to make it comes back and the investors get their money first because they paid for the show. So it's like, if, if people just had a better understanding of how it takes a fucking village and a half, to, it, t- it takes a small city to make a movie. Sometimes I think the, I think the critics, cause it's just getting to the point where the critics are like, who can be the nastiest and who can r- rip this apart the best. And it's like, well, the whole p- point is to be taken away from all this bullshit.
3: Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And like you said, yeah, we're we're on the same page with that for for both sides of the argument. Sorry, that was such a long <clears throat> that was such a long form answer that you know I'd start saying one thing and then a million other thoughts came up in my mind and I'm like, oh my god, I haven't even answered this question yet.
0: I used to be able to say this before he lost weight, but I always considered myself a poor man's Kevin Smith. When someone asks me a question, I give them a 14 minute answer. <laughs> so so don't worry about it it. i i'm attracted to long-winded answers that's that that's the best thing about doing a podcast Wonderful. All right, cool. Well, let's move on here. So uh, the whole purpose of the show, like I said, is to check in with people on their, on their ups, on their downs, and on their middles. So we're gonna go down first, so we end on a high note. Um, what cool. were you looking forward to the most? Uh, you gave me a list here, but if you can kind of <laughs> narrow it down to one or two, because if you're as long as you were on the first one, we're gonna be here for a while. <laughs> I'll
3: I'll try to keep it direct and a little more
0: contained. All right. Okay.
3: So I'm looking at the list that I gave you yeah. and. I'll give I'll you the top three, and I won't bother with all the others. Yeah, sure. So if we're talking about movies that have been complete and we're just waiting for a release date Yes, now, that's,
0: what, that's what we're talking about first, yeah.
3: Okay, perfect. And that eliminates Batman, because Batman's still being shot. Yes, yeah. Um. So Spiral, the new Saw franchise movie. Okay, that's what I thought it was, Five yeah. Place Part 2.
0: Yeah. In Both that. Two, sorry, I'll let you go. No, in that order, or? Yes. So okay. Spiral first. Why Spiral? What is it about a, a reboot of that franchise that draws you in some is it is it the cast or is it the story?
3: Oh, it's, it's 100% the story. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was Chris Rock, I, I know I'm about to go on a huge tangent again. <laughs> I can feel it. It's
0: all uh, right. I got the blinders Chris on. Chris
3: Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, um, when Deadline sent me that email being like, yo, Lionsgate is pumping out a, a Saw reboot again. Um, but with Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, I'm like, okay, um, that's kind of weird. And of course, Makar and I talked about it because we are like huge soft fans. Um, I'm like, is this going to be a comedy? Is this a different approach? And then, you know, fast forward to a month ago or whenever that trailer came out and it was actually a serious movie and they start playing, uh, Charlie Clouser's intense and iconic score over top of them talking about the murders of cops. And I'm like, yeah, the story has kind of been done over and over, but at the same time, I fall into that category of I don't give a shit. I just want more of this franchise, right? Yeah. I yeah. love the the thing that I think Saw is so powerful. I mean powerful is not the best word, but it's so strong with is if you can get past the whole torture porn and fucked upness of it all, which is, you know, the entire franchise there is an actually crazy story how they interwoven everything together. Yeah. You know, the first three Saw movies are absolutely phenomenal. Four to seven, you're like, okay, they're great. But then at the end of seven, how they just weave everything from all of the films together. Makar and I watched all seven of those movies in one night. And maybe it has <laughs> a nostalgic factor as to why I'm so into it because we marathoned that. But we were just so mind blown at that. We couldn't believe that someone wrote all of these movies and after, you know, a span of 10-ish years, yeah. it all was brought together. So th- that's why I'm very excited for it. There's all of that emotion. And, oh, my God, when I think of Saw, I think of mystery, for lack of a better term, mindfuckery. Yeah, And um, you know, at the end of the movie, even if some things are predictable, I know they're always going to do one or two things that I didn't expect. And I'm going to be pumped about
0: it. It's it's um, almost so like, fine. sorry to cut you off there. It's it's almost it, like, um, you 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 were given a blueprint with one with with the and and one, changed the horror genre, for better. I think we can both agree on that. And, yeah.
3: Uh, and, and just to interject, I don't like horror movies as like a blanket statement. Like, I'm the, I'm the biggest bitch in the world. I, I don't do pop-outs. You can ask any of my friends. You can ask Makar. He's tried to make me watch all these movies, and it takes him so long to actually convince me to actually watch these movies. I only watched the first screen movie last year for the first time. Wow. Um, I, I, I don't do pop-outs. Usually, if it's if it's a horror movie, I'm kind of like, no, I don't do it. Um, but recently, I saw the new It movie, like the remake, in two, 2017. Completely blew my mind and changed my entire perspective of what, a, of what a horror movie could be. And ever since I saw that movie, it, it took Kieran McCarr, uh, McCar's fiance, um, three or four times. They saw it twice in the theaters, and they said, we will go see it a third time if you come with us. And I was like, oh <laughs> shit. And Kier is scared as much as I am with this horror crap. And if Kier's going to go see it a third time and they say it's that good, that has some weight to it. So I went to go see it. Life was changed horror-wise, and now I'm a little more open to horror. So at the time of watching Saw, there wasn't a lot of pop-outs minus the pig stuff, which scared and still does scare the shit out of me. But other than that, it was more of like a torture gruesome porn, and that I'm kind of like, eh, I don't have a heart anyway.
0: (laughs) That's a great, that's, that's... I, I talked to him on the flip side of how much, like, while he was trying to convince you, I was like, I can't wait. Can I come with you at work? Like, that's how that exchange <laughs> went, because he said he went to go see it a couple of times. But um, no, I I totally get it. it. It it created because you can if you're if you're a smart lad, you can or last, You can see a horror plot about 20 minutes into a movie. So it's not really like if you're like, okay, I know where the jumps are coming. Like a seasoned watcher, someone who's seen enough horror plots can be like, all right, I this is just traced out, right? But Saw was like, yep, same, 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 same. And then you were like, what the fuck? And Everything you've just watched has changed, yeah. Exactly. And then that was, so that's, that's that mindfuckery element of like, we will always give you a new thing even though it's the same thing. You can count on brand but you can now also expect a fucking, and it's a tiny twist, but it twists the whole series again and again and again. And when you're talking about how those, those twists have been woven together, they're not like 20 degrees apart. They're all within the same wheelhouse of family, friends, exes, people who fucked each other over. And even when you shrink the group, when you get rid of all the people who've been torture porned, as you put it, which I, I love how that's becoming a new term. Uh, uh, <laughs> All of the people who were in control or um, screwing around with everybody, they all have a thing against each other too, like in the subplot, right? Like they've all yeah. they've all done something shitty to each other, but yet somehow they're always inflicting the pain instead of having to put up with it.
3: Yeah. And, and another cool thing with the saw, if, if we're just gonna continue on the saw for another couple moments. Yeah, I see so on it. You know, it it people are like, there's nothing good about the saw because it's just people dying and getting their arms twisted. And there's actually, with the story, it really makes you question morality sometimes. Like, if you actually thought about it and put yourself in that situation, it's like, okay, I haven't killed anyone or hopefully not screwed anyone over in my life yet. Um, And if I just happened to get, you know, attacked by a pig in a parkade and they brought me into this giant warehouse where I was trapped with five other people, what would I do and how would I act? Yeah. it it just makes you question how you would act towards the people in there with you. How would you, how you would think about yourself? Like, why are you here? And then I think it's cool because Jigsaw is this little guy playing God. And the big question that I think is raised throughout the entire franchise is, is what he doing right or wrong? And it's like, well, you know, he's killing people that's wrong. And like, right. Well, Batman's also a vigilante. Yeah, I'm not trying to compare a direct comparison between (laughs) Jigsaw and Batman. (laughs) If if you really stretch that out, in like a very broad and general statement, both people are taking justice into their own hands.
0: Yes, no. Jigsaw,
3: the cool thing is, he's allowing people to live at their own sacrifice if they choose to, and I think that just opens a door of so many questions about oneself yeah no it's
0: it does get it, it it's got a weirdly philosophical angle to it which i mm-hmm. until you mentioned where because you're like oh i could i could i could get out i could do that and you're like fuck you no you couldn't right speaking of fuck you is like the, when i went to go see it in the theater the first time some asshole in the background at the end when like obviously the big reveal happened and he was in the room the entire time spoiler alert for anybody who is late to saw um <laughs> <laughs> uh, some asshole was like, I, I totally knew that was coming. I'm like, fuck you. Nobody knew that was coming. <laughs> Roger Ebert didn't even know that was fucking coming. Shut up, you <laughs> dickwad. <laughs> fuck people, I tell you. All right, well, yeah, okay. Let's uh, let's carry on here because uh, I, I promised myself 40 minutes a person. Otherwise, I'm stealing too much of your life. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all right, so um, I don't want to spoil it too much for everybody because it's still very current and, and and I introduced TV into the podcast because everybody watches TV and movies where the original inception of this was movies 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 so to keep carrying on we've we've allowed TV into the lexicon I make fun of it as saying you know we've let the little brother play with the Big brother little screen big screen right so <laughs> so uh, what are you watching right now that's like just got your eyes glued to the screen?
3: Okay well TV wise, westworld yeah uh, and, and, for, <laughs> and for the viewers or listeners there is no there is no way you can talk about westworld without there being a spoiler it is absolutely impossible if someone can do that without talking spoilers you have a way with words and you should be a poet because <laughs> i can't even fathom talking about that show without blowing up into several fan theories and talking about the past because to watch that show is to like analyze what it actually means to write good television and oh god
0: yeah no it's it is it it, i i was a big fan of the movie before it actually came anywhere and then when i like it just as like the, the hype behind Michael Crichton and his writing, like with Jurassic park and Westworld and and Andromeda strain and Congo, like he was one of the first like adult books that I ever read as a kid. So I really got hooked on it. Then the movie with uh, Josh Brolin's dad, I can never remember his fucking name. James Brolin. James Brolin. Thank you. Um, Which is really like, have you, have you seen the, the movie since you started the series?
3: No, but I've ever since I finished season two, I was like, who? Like, I knew it was based on something, but I didn't know if it was like a comic book or what. Yeah. Uh, even though in the credits, it says based on the book by Michael Crichton. Um, <laughs> silly me. Um, it just never clicked. And then when I saw it was like a 70s movie, I'm like, oh my God, I'm sure none of this is the same as, you know, how it is 30, 40 years in the future. But the concept and where they got this from, I think would be really cool to check out and yeah. to see how they pulled all of what we're seeing from this one little two-hour idea.
0: Like, it's so... Lisa, Joy, and and, and uh, Jonah... Jonathan Nolan. Jonathan Nolan, sorry. I just combined words there. I do that all the time. It's a running joke. <laughs> um, so they are so deeply committed to the original works that Yule Brenner, the original Man in Black, is in one of the first three episodes of the first season in the background in a stack of hosts. Oh, that's wicked. Like, I love you, you like that. It's just a silhouette, but you know that it's the original one. And like it the, both season 1, season 2 and now season 3, um I, you know you've already said it but let's just say it for for posterity's sake like if you have gotten this far and you have not watched Westworld, skip this whole segment, go to the next one, someone will be funnier than us, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> and uh well it'll still be me, but whatever, you get the point. Uh so like Fast forward ten minutes. Fast forward ten minutes. Let us get our you know rocks off here, and we'll 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 be right back to regular schedule. Not spoiler shit. <laughs> uh, so, with season three right now. Well, actually, I want to start something with you because I don't know. Do you, do you know about like the fourth dimension of the show where like you can sign up for newsletters from Delos and Insight? No. Okay, I'm going to send it to you all after, but there are websites, (laughs) there are emails, you have your own personal uh, host talking to you, his name is Aiden, Um, there I'm sorry, can I
3: interject there for a second? Yeah. You've seen the show. Yeah. Why the fuck would you want to do that?
0: (laughs) In what, (laughs) what what do you mean?
3: It sounds so cool, but like, after watching that show and currently watching it, and how like, you're like, oh shit, this is going to be like 50 years in the future. Why 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 would you want to talk to a host? Like you hear about all the technology scares and
0: yeah. all the stuff that Facebook is stealing your data. Oh dude, okay. The <laughs> last thing I want to do is talk to all <laughs> Like it you you can like it is it is more rudimentary than Alexa or Siri is because it's designed for you to ask a set of questions. Like you ask a question and it gives you the obvious next question in its answer. So it's not as like freaky as it sounds out to be, sounds to be. Um, but what's really interesting is that um insight, which you you're now caught up on. You've un- you understand that Roho Ro, ro- yeah. Rehobim? Rehobim. There we go. Um Rehobim is basically picking your life for you based on your data and algorithm planned for you. <clears throat> um HBO actually had a gala dinner at CES this year and punked everybody at that gala dinner and presented the insight presentation as they were having dinner. So they were immersed into the show and pitched like they would actually get pitched in the TV show.
3: That's insane. Yeah. That's that's the exact kind of shit HBO would do. Totally. Like those, those people are the Kings and Queens of television and they to me they're without the the family friendliness they are the disney of tv yes. in terms of brand it's like you see those three letters hbo on anything and i'm so i don't care what it's about i don't care who's in it i don't care who's worked on it if i watch it more than likely my expectations of quality will be met
0: yeah exactly they spare no expense they don't fuck around they're not cheap like if like when when you look at me as a person and, and anybody in any walk of life and they go, have you seen the wire? Have you seen game of Thrones? Have you seen six feet under? I'll be like, we can converse. I know so much about you now because you watch HBO <laughs> and, and that's kind of a judgmental thing to do, but the, I, I do it nonetheless.
3: Well, it's picture people you want to be around kind of thing. Everyone has those little, you know, me and you are, we're going to be friends. We can talk about this kind of thing. It's, you know, same thing with you and my right? Totally. He comes to work, he starts talking movies. You're like, Oh yeah, work is going to be good now
0: okay so um big reveal from Sunday then like what the fuck three Doloreses.
3: <laughs> oh dude okay so my brother and I watched that show together because he's the one who got me into it like three months ago um oh you've
0: burned and... it all like in the last three months oh, yeah. you got wow he tried
3: convincing me for so long and I was like yeah yeah I'm gonna get to it and I was so precious about Game of Thrones until that final season and now I've, that, this is a whole different side tangent that I won't get into. Um, but, you know, popular consensus, the show's kind of ruined because of that last season. Um, but anyway, my brother got me into Westworld. I finally gave in. I watched the first episode. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it's interesting. I like the Western aesthetic slash future. It's cool. Um, and then, you know, he's like, just keep watching, keep watching. It gets crazier and crazier. And the entire time I'm watching the show, I'm like, I feel stupid. I feel stupid. I feel even more stupider than I did two episodes ago. <laughs> and then around episode 9 and 10, like every big HBO show recently, you're like, okay what's going on? And then they come down with this colossal mindfuck, and you're like, holy shit yeah. everything that I have just watched, I have been processing the entire wrong way. I've been processing it the way they wanted me to process because this is how great of storytellers they are, but it completely blew my mind. Like, when you find out that William, young William, the entire time is actually Ed Harris' character yep. in the future. And then you realize that there's different timelines. And I was just like, holy shit, I can't even process because I thought I was smart. And now I feel even stupider. But I'm happy that I feel stupid. Yeah. No. And it,
0: then, go on.
3: Yeah. i no, sorry. I can keep going forever. Go
0: on, please. I've been waiting for this. Um,
3: yeah. Okay. So the, and then season two comes around. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. More confusion. More confusion. Uh, You know, I've also heard that some people didn't like Season 2. And I didn't look into reviews, thank God, this time. I didn't dig into it whatsoever. I just heard that, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, it's kind of the same thing. It's not as cool as the first season. That's what the people at HMV were telling me when I bought (laughs) Season 2 on 4K. And I was like, okay, thank you for letting me know. I'll I'll watch it with low expectations. And I don't know if I set the expectations really low or whatnot, but I cruised through Season 2 in, like, three days Absolutely mind-boggling. One of the best episodes of television I have ever seen was, like, I think, episode five or six, titled The Riddle and the Sphinx, yes. which Lisa Joy directed, when they talk about Delos and how, you know, testing for fidelity. And it, it,
0: that whole
3: episode completely crumpled my, what I thought was intelligence. And now my brother and I are continually watching it live every Sunday, or we try to, and, and just catch up. Uh, And I completely forget what you asked me first before I went on in this rabbit hole. That's okay.
0: I've been, that's the best part about talking about movies is that one tangent leads to another. Um, The, 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 the comparison to algorithms and AI and real life, current situations have been growing in that show. Eventually. Like I look at, I looked at the hosts as sex dolls, right? Like what we have now versus what, we could have in you 30, 50 years. And then the second season is about your data and copying you and finding out what you want and how to give it to you before you get it. And then now it's about not even marketing to you, it's about controlling you and putting you on a predetermined plan based on your code. Like the more I watch survivor the tv show the more i think it is the current day west world (laughs) study think about it man a bunch of people put on an island observed and then you've got race sex age income class uh what else do you have uh background religion (laughs) like you've got all of the data Like everything I I, I watch, you watch too much Westworld and everything is data to you after. Like it just, I I look at a person and I'm like, I'm computing them more than I'm like, oh really, this is an interesting conversation. I'm like, what category do you fall in? Right? Like it's just, (laughs) it's just too much. But like it, it really is the perfect show for the perfect time done the perfect way. And, and I will agree that season two kind of fell off the rails a little bit, but like they were obviously trying to do what was so magical about the first season, which is three separate timelines and then Bernard Arnold, right? Right in your lap. Here you go. (laughs) You you can't even, you can't even trust us, right? You can't trust what I am showing you as a director because now you won't even, you're going to go, who's, who else is a host? Who's not a host? Is Stubbs a host? Is Men in Black a host? Which leads me to my final point that I want to talk about this because we can go on for hours. Do you think MIB is a host or a human? M.I.B. Men in Black. Ed Harris's character.
3: Okay. I, yeah. Did not pick up on that Sorry, one. Sorry. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. That is one that, you know, when we just watched the last episode, yeah. um, my brother, you know, and when they revealed the three different Dolores's and they're revealing everyone inside. And I was at first, they're like, Teddy, is that you? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> this, this is where the show falls off. If she just decided to put random hosts, like her friends, in other hosts bodies and bring them like, I'm like, there's no way they can make this make sense. The, the logicality, the justification isn't there. And then the whole reveal of it. Oh, it's just all Dolores I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's creepy as hell. Yeah. Because how many other Dolores obviously, you know, that there's five, but well, okay. Um, Here's
0: the thing about that though, is Dolores had the capability to recopy herself because she had her own pearl, Right. So, well,
3: she did because she did that with uh Charlotte exactly. What
0: so, what I'm thinking is, we have yet to see who she smuggled out. They're in no like, we don't know who she smuggled out and who's in who yet because current Charlotte is a Dolores, uh, Samurai Dude, a Dolores, uh, Scottish Guy, a Dolores, then real Dolores. So, you have four Doloreses. And you still have Bernard. And Bernard. Bernard could be, you know what? Yeah, like he's definitely on Team Dolores.
3: Even though I don't think she knew about Stubbs.
0: Yeah, right? Like, so you've got four Dolores' and two hosts out in the world. Where the fuck Maeve is? I don't know if that's a hologram. I'm pretty sure it's a simulation. And I'm pretty sure Serac. I'm
3: going to be so choked if it's just like, if they pull the card of, oh, this has just been a simulation the entire time. Or like, you know, one of those things where you experience this entire journey. And then yeah. they
2: wake up.
3: Yeah. They're like, okay, it, it can be done tastefully, but at the same time, it's like you have to earn that. But because Westworld is already known for their mindfuckery and their, like, class of how they re- do reveals, that would feel like such a cheap and easy way out for what they're doing. So that's the only reason why I'm like, no, that wouldn't be. Like, you know when they were in Westworld War Two or whatever they called it, War World? World yep, yep. I was me and my brother were you know theorizing on the spot, being like, oh, this is just another world. I'm like, okay, well, if it is another world, I really hope they don't spend time here because then it feels like a regurgitation. Like they could get away with it with Shogun World because they openly addressed, you know, this is for the more intense people. They addressed literally the plagiarism that it's the exact same. Yes. But because it's West World, <laughs> you're kind of like, okay, this is cool. We as an audience know it's the exact same. It's for the more intense people. But now we have samurais. And now we have this other aesthetic that is really freaking amazing. And to see that collide with Western people and with the real world people, it's a really cool conflict, especially if you see those people seeing their quote unquote other halves or counterparts just in a different body.
0: Yeah. And then because your brain computes that that's not the person I've come to know as a character. And now I have to take who I may have not liked as a character and 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 physically in my mind, put them into that person. And now every time I see them, I have to change my view of who I liked before and now who I may not like now. And that's a lot. Right. For a viewer to be asked to do, which is why it's classified. I classify this under as active watching. Like, don't be on your phone. Otherwise, you'll miss.
3: Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Lesson learned when I I had to watch the first episode like three times. Yeah. Because the first time I was on my phone, and this was like, I think my brother tried getting me, I forget what I said, but he tried getting me into it a year ago when I watched the first episode, but I couldn't get into it. And then so fast forward to like this past year when I watched it. I was still on my phone a little bit, gave it a couple months, and then watched it for a third time, got into it. I was like, okay, like I had that mindset of no phone. I want to get into this because it just looks cool, and my brother swears by it. And he doesn't give me a lot of recommendations. So when he does, I should take it seriously. And thankfully, I did because now I, I will be so bold as to say it is probably my favorite show in television.
0: Yeah wait till I send you all of the website stuff. Like, like in the riddle in the Sphinx when Delos was, you know, being copied and copied and copied. Um, which like, I just equated to like, you know, when you put your old tape in and you tried to press record and then you rewound it and did it over again. I've, I just right. imagined him as a cassette tape that just didn't <laughs> record the full song. And, uh, but they, uh, what was I saying? Okay. Yeah. So they, they have the website in the room he's in, they were releasing random pictures of what was in the room and you could point and click on, like you can literally point and click on a bunch of shit. You can read employee files. You can see how the hosts are um, cleaned up and sent back up. Like there's behind the scenes footage for days that will blow your mind. It's amazing. it's, they did a really good job, but to answer my own question. So you're, you're, you're not sure if Ed Harris is host or human. I, yeah, Sorry, okay. I didn't okay. even answer that question. <laughs> do you do you think it's because it plot wise or do you think that it's just not revealed yet? Because I think the build up there is like I I, I think where I made and I, where I made this um argument is when in the second season he takes Celia Ward, his wife's character, or his wife, Celia Ward plays it, up to her room and she's drunk and she's having her fit and then they confront each other on his, on his card, on his identity card. I think at that point when she's losing her mind with him as someone who like pays really fucking close attention to the show, might not be the you know most knowledgeable, but that wasn't anger. That was fear. And that was fear because she realized that he's been going in and out of the park as himself and then staying in the park because he's so obsessed and sending his host version out acting as if that's oh my God. totally fine that's my thought because yeah it watch watch the scene again like the whole when he comes running upstairs and the glass is falling and the water's overflowing when when he finally puts her to bed and has that conversation at the end when he's like i don't know what's real and what's not like that that constant thing he's going through yeah that's a confession and that's being busted in my eyes so then, interesting then you go to the end of the second season and he's walking down the stairs, his hands blown off and he's like, oh, fuck in it." Right. That, Interesting. that is way, way into the future. So you've, 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 you, like the, those two scenes are very close to each other in timeline wise. I mean like when she kills herself and then that end clip of him going, oh, I'm in it. That's right around the same time. That's not far in the future which is why I think he was converted to a host, the only one that has reached fidelity, which is why this is so important, that was a human before a host. Because everybody else reaches fidelity, but they're a host. They were made to realize who they were. He will be the first human who was correctly made into a host. Oh,
3: dude. This is... See, this is hurting my brain. It hurts my brain every time I think about this show. And that's why like I probably didn't have a straight answer for you in the first place. <laughs> because I, I cannot speculate on this show. This is the one show where it's like, what if this? What if this? And it's like, no, no, no. You're stupid. It's not gonna be anywhere close to anything that you're thinking. And so I've kind of just like I told my brother when we talk about it, he's like, What do you think's gonna happen? Uh, but I'm like, I, I don't even want to think about what's gonna happen because I know I'm not gonna be close to it. And if I do get something right, i will be like, "Oh yeah, I, I called that in the back of my mind." Um, yeah. But it, it it it's just so in depth, and it's the one show that just it's like it's like Saw in the sense of it, like it knows how to subvert expectations tenfold, and they plant like thirty red herrings that at the end of the day they're not actually red herrings; they're just different colored herrings.
0: They and they all play a part. The the whole throw in to. D and D from game of Thrones this year while they're making Drogon. And then they're like, Oh, I got a buyer in Costa Rica. And like, if you're a Michael Crichton fan, it took me a second, but I was like, Oh, Jurassic park, Isla Noblar, Right? Like that's, that's the joke, how they all tie it in because Michael Crichton had another park. It was full of dinosaurs and it ate its people. He had this park and it shot everybody. Like Michael Crichton makes parks that end up killing humans. Essentially.
4: Wow, that is a very in
0: that Easter egg observation. I, yeah, I read it every Monday Sweet morning Christmas. for like an hour and just like, <laughs> I'm like, nope, nope, that theory's fucked up. Anyways, we could do this forever. I want to get the rest of the stuff out of the way here with you. So, um, you gave me a lot of great choices for your personal catalog recommendation, which um, is a new segment where you give me a very brief. Explanation of the movie. I'm sure everybody's probably seen at least one of these on your list, but for the people who haven't, pick the one you like the most and say why you liked it so much and, like, kind of, you know, like a little synopsis of your own, so to speak.
3: Go from there. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start off by saying so far, nothing has been brief about this conversation, which is <laughs> great, by the way. You said brief, I'm like, yeah, buddy, that's not going to happen. Gonna
0: real. <laughs> yeah, let's get real about it. <laughs> um,
3: Okay, well then, with, with, without question, my favorite movie of all time is a 2016 movie called the Monster Calls. Um, you can rent it online. I, I checked on Amazon Prime, Crave, and Netflix for everyone listening in Canada. Uh, it's not available anymore on those streaming sites. It used to be, uh, but now I guess licensing-wise, it's no longer there. So you can rent it on Apple iTunes. You can rent it on um, Cineplex's website. You can rent it on Google Play or YouTube uh, for 4.99. 99
0: Sweet. That's a That's great... A I I rented A Fish Called Wanda the other day. I was talking to that to another buddy of mine. Oh, I've always wanted to see that one. You know what, dude? Honestly, do it. But uh, this is all about you right now. So what... I don't even know <laughs> what A Monster Calls is about.
3: Okay. Um, so, I'll try not to butcher this because it is such a... And I don't want to just read off from the IMDb either. <laughs> yeah. uh, but basically, it's, it's about this kid who is struggling with his uh, dying leather and he befriends a giant monstrous tree who is voiced by Liam Neeson. Oh. And so that period right there, that's that's like the log line of how I would put it.
0: Myron, can I ask um, you a question before you go on? Yes. Is it a very special tree? Does it have a very special set of skills? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, see he, I see what you did there. <laughs>
0: go on. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, so basically... um. This tree uh, wakes Connor up. Connor is the name of the boy in the middle of the night, and he's like, "You have to realize your truth." And Connor's like, "What the hell's going on? You're a talking tree. It's just <laughs> a dream." Blah blah blah. And he's like, and the monster says, "I'm going to tell you three stories, and by the end of these three stories, you're going to tell me your story, and that fourth story is going to be your truth." And you know, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it. That's how powerful of a movie it is. Um, and that's, that's where I'll end the explanation of what it is. So basically the whole movie is just the tree and Connor's relationship at the same time. It's Connor's relationship with his mother and you know, the, the angry step grandmother or the angry grandmother played by Sir Dorney Weaver. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. who else? Who is the Felicity Jones? She's uh, the mother and Liam Neeson is the voice of the tree. So you've got a great cast of UK actors and just, you know, actors and actresses, period. Yeah. Uh, directed by J.A. Bayona. And he's the guy responsible for directing the 2012 movie called The Impossible. Oh, uh, with yeah. McGregor, Naomi Watts, and a very young Tom Holland before he was Spider-Man and no one knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I remember that. I watched that movie like last year, and was like, because Shauna, my uh, my girlfriend's been to Thailand a couple times, so like whenever there's something Thai on TV, which was on TV, I was like, "Have you been there?" (laughs) Because I'm ignorant. (laughs) Was it you? Yeah. (laughs) Do you know that beach?
3: (laughs) Yeah. So the the Impossible moved me, and you know all of the other people who have seen The Impossible. There's not one person who has seen it and not been like that movie near moved me to tears, kind of thing. It's a very powerful movie you know, about a a tragic catastrophe and then it deals with family and finding the ones you love and all that other ooey gooey survival love story (laughs) that you want to see in a tragedy. And it hits all of the right notes in a very classy way. Uh, And then a monster calls came along and I I, I watched the trailer and actually they have, you know, every movie has multiple trailers and I've watched both of them, the international, the official U S one, and every time I'm just like, oh, God, it's like I'm experiencing this movie for the first time. It's just, it's so raw. Um, fun fact, and maybe this is the reason why I like it so much, but it was the first movie to actually make me cry. Oh. I have never, I, ha- I think I've teared up at a movie once and, like, you know, got misty-eyed a couple times. or, But ever since that, I've never actually, like, full-on, like, you know, snuffy nose ugly cry with, like, <laughs> tears streaming down your face. Um, so I went to go see this movie because I was so pumped about it. It was at grand park. And I walk in and the theater is completely empty The best. and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, I love going to the theater period. But when you have the theater to yourself, you're like, this is a privilege. Um, and so I watched the entire movie and like two thirds, three quarters of the way through all of a sudden. my my throat starts to get a little lumpy and I'm like why why, why, yeah it's like why why does it feel so tight like this is it was it's this crazy this crazy feeling because as someone and this isn't me trying to be macho or anything because I always want things to make me feel emotional or make me cry like that's the goal I have and expectations of emotional (laughs) movies and like this was so weird and different for a guy who has never been forced to cry through a movie before like the lump, the, the lump in my throat started to get really tight. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, why is my nose running? It's like I was experiencing sickness for the first time. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have Kleenex. Why is my nose And now I'm sniffing it. <laughs> what the shit? And then all of a sudden, the first tear, like, very dramatically just, like, dripped onto my cheek. A yeah, movie tier. And then slowly made its way down. And then I'm like, oh, my God this is happening. This is happening right now. And like, I was taken out of the movie and more focused on the revelation that I was actually crying. And then the other eye broke out and I was like, I wasn't like full on sobbing, but the fact that I had like two or three tears going down my face and I couldn't breathe unless I was breathing through my mouth. That was huge.
0: Yeah, no, it's, um, I, I know what you're talking about when, when, when a movie like and you, you kind of know when you're going to cry. But like,
3: oh yeah, there's there's like a, a solid twenty seconds beforehand before it happens. You're like, uh oh, yeah, shit's about to go down.
0: Yeah, I can totally you see have this coming. 10 seconds left now. Yeah, and cry. But like when it really smacks you in the face, like like I'm I'm such a giant bitch that like, I mean <laughs> Iron Man's death made me ball like a baby you know like
3: anyone balls during iron man's
0: death i know i know but it's like you you're you're comic book nerd fan so that's why it's there but like me if i still i know for a fact that if i didn't know shit from shine about tony stark i'd still ball in that scene right like it's just like i'm i'm a very emotional man shauna loves it every time we're watching a movie she'll look over in in that scene and i'm like yeah i'm fucking crying whatever fuck off (laughs) Let me cry. Well, my
3: dad threatened to kill me when <laughs> I uh, when I showed him that part. When like I, I I tried showing them all of the Avengers movies or like all of the Marvel movies every Sunday. I've been trying to re- restart Sunday movie nights. Nice. That was like Walt Disney World on Sundays. Yeah. Or whatever. And uh, so watching movies with them, and I started showing them all the Avengers movie, and I wanted them to get caught up to Spider Man uh, Far From Home, which they ended up watching on their own right the week before we were supposed to watch Endgame. Somehow oh. they didn't pick up whatsoever that Iron <laughs> Man died. So don't ask me how. He um, was just on vacation. I, I re-
0: Sorry? He's just on vacation. He's on permanent snap.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they had no idea. And I'm like, okay, cool. Iron Man dying is like the reaction that I want to get and see, you know, how invested was my dad in these movies. My mom, she always falls asleep, whatever. Yeah. My dad, though, he's invested, right? But how invested? So I, I like, hit my phone on my leg for half an hour and during the entire sequence of that whole, you know, the three of them get together, Iron Man, Captain Thor, and he gets the hammer, and, you know, the portals come out and everyone starts coming back, blah, 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 and then Iron Man finally dies. When that's happening, I want to edit a video of that playing real time. My dad was like, he's not dead. And I've never (laughs) seen my dad so surprised and stricken had a movie ever like that like he's got emotion but he doesn't show it during movies except when he's like
0: that person's stupid I hate this person like, <laughs> yeah this they Iron do that. Man yeah died, i know what you're talking about me
3: and he's pointing to the screen he's like if Iron Man dies i'm going to beat you senseless <laughs> and i started laughing cuz my dad is like one of the nicest <laughs> human beings and he doesn't like he doesn't just like toss out threats but to see him like stone cold face and looking at me pointing the screen if this is real And this is fucking serious. I'm gonna beat you. You're you're dead.
0: (laughs) Thank you for screwing up my Sunday. Right. (laughs) This is what I
3: wanted. And of course, the whole my mom finally wakes up. She wakes up in time for the funeral, and now she's crying. She doesn't even know why she's crying, but she's crying Um, because you know it's just it's one of those very well done movies, and it gets you going. It gets you going.
0: Well, um, I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna cut you off here because I, I can I can feel, there's there's two things I want to ask you before I let you go, um, and you're going to now fall in the category of or like I'm I was in the process of making uh, made in Manitoba film professional series. I think you may have noticed that on Instagram where I'm slowly. Doug Morrow, Doug Morrow was our first guest and it went off like gangbusters. And now I want all you fuckers on the show whenever you're free, which (laughs) a lot of you are right now. So I should be calling you all. Um, But I uh, you are a film professional and I know that you've kind of dabbled in a bunch of different departments. But, you know, that this was going to come up because you and I both know the pictures that were on your Instagram. You Uh were assigned to a very important person in a movie while they were filming in town. And I would love an anecdote or two about your favorite time with Mr. Henry Cavill.
3: Oh, I actually wasn't even expecting that.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm making it easy. I'm not going on stuff that you can't really talk about. So <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, yeah, I can totally answer that. Um, so, Henry, I'll, I'll save the whole story of what got me there. But I was only Henry's assistant for the last week of the production, uh, Gnomus, which is now called Night Hunter. Um, I became good friends with David Raymond, who's the wonderful director. Um, And Henry didn't have an assistant for the last week of the show. And because I was trying to earn my bearings and show people how eager I was that entire show, that was one of my first big shows, per se, um, I was always helping everyone else, or trying to at least. So if Henry's assistant wasn't there, I would always ask, hey, do, does he or his team need coffee? Can I help them with anything? Blah, blah, blah. So by the last week, um, he didn't have the assistant anymore. And they asked if I could be his assistant. And I was like, um, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> um, unpopular opinion, uh, Man of Steel is, is one of my favorite superhero movies. Not counting Christopher Nolan's movies. If we're counting like the the Cinematic Universe superhero movies. Man of Steel is probably one of my favorites Uh, up there with Batman versus Superman, different side tangent because that's very unpopular. Um, But to answer your question, because I'm terrible at doing that, um, Henry is a gentleman. Uh, He's, he's a very proper British gentleman. Uh, He's very polite, very soft spoken. Uh, I think the, the, the biggest thing that I took away from that experience with him was that he just wants to be treated like a regular human being. You know, there's a lot of people who flog him and – not flog him. They, they flock to him. They want to be flogged and, by him probably. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Um, but through, through talking with him for just that one week, um, a bit more, little more personally, um, he's a very down-to-earth person. And I know it's easy because you see a, a, a celebrity slapped in some random tabloid or some shitty ad off of some shitty article that you read for whatever problem you have with your health. Um, you know, you see these celebrities and you're like, okay, you have these millions of assumptions about them. And then when you actually meet one, you're just like, Oh yeah, you're, you're just a human being. Like you got a mom, you got a dad, you grew up in boohoo, Buttfuck nowhere, just like I did. Um, And you're just doing what you love doing. And it just so happens that the profession that he loves doing is in the spotlight and his face is one of the things that is associated with his job. Yeah. And I thought it was a very, um, what's the right word to say? Like uh, mind opening moment when it clicked uh, that he just, he's just another person and he's, I'm, I'm sure it's not the case for every celebrity, But that's like, that's the same thing with saying every human being is a nice person, right? It's just a blanket statement. Totally. That kind of clicked for me the moment after we were shooting in this one house on Wellington Crescent, And, you know, I was following him and his creative team around uh, his executive partner. And we sat down in his green room and the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer had just dropped. And so, of course, I watched it that morning. Henry watched it that morning. And Wonder Woman, I believe, was also coming out in theaters, or it just came out. No, I think it was coming out in theaters. And it was crazy and surreal sitting in this tiny-ass room with Henry Cavill as he asked me what my opinions on Wonder Woman and Spider-Man are and, you know, the state of Warner <laughs> Brothers and Marvel. And I was like, what? What? what is happening with my life right now? Like, I couldn't comprehend that. You know, Superman wants to talk superheroes with me because that dude is also like a huge like gamer nerd, too. Like he loves I I, I can't go into too much of everything, but like he he loves playing games. He loves being invested in nerd culture. Like, I mean, he's Superman, but look at The Witcher, right?
0: Yeah, no, he was
3: cast and then he was cast Um, and and he's expressed in many interviews. He loves playing video games.
0: I, uh, um, did he did he have yeah, his dog uh, here when he was here?
3: Oh yeah, his dog Cal, his big Akita. Uh, Cal is
0: Cal, as in Cal Al?
3: Cal as in Cal Yeah, that's awesome and name. So um, yeah, so his dog is just a friendly dog, and it, that's actually an understatement. Cal is an extremely friendly and loving dog. Akitas uh, need a lot of work and a lot of attention, and it's amazing how Henry has trained him given his lifestyle. Um and I just remember there was one day um they let me know, they're like, Hey, we're going to Cinemacon uh in two days or whatever. Do you feel comfortable with watching Cal for the night? And then or for the next night and a half when, when we come back, I'll resume. And I'm like, Yeah, of course, no problem. <laughs> I was honored that, you know, they trusted me with Henry's dog as opposed to just taking him with them, right? Yeah. Um so we they left, and I hung out with Cal. Took him for many walks outside in Winnipeg's Exchange District at like one, two in the morning, just because that's we were on so many night shoots, and my body was just wired. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you saw on my Instagram there was this one photo of Cal looking out into the the city skyline. And as we're walking, I'm like, oh, his ears are really pointed straight up, like he's kind of, got like a Batman vibe. So I took a picture and I sent it to them and sure enough, you know, the next day Henry's making his post about CinemaCon and Batman versus Superman. And there's my photo.
2: No photo <laughs> credit, by
3: the way, Henry, which I'm super, like, very disappointed in you for, um, but I was just pumped. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I got some taste of Henry. It's cool, I'm supposed, that's right. I'm, I'm going to take that with me to my grave.
0: That's, um, that's awesome, dude.
3: Yeah. He, he, he's a wonderful human being. Um, his, his creative team are also likewise wonderful human beings. It was such a privilege, and I'm so lucky that I was able to have that opportunity to not only work on a movie with them, but then work closely with them for, you know, seven, eight days. Um, and all that would not have been possible without uh, David Raymond. Uh, that, that dude is responsible for giving me a huge kickstart on, you know, where I am now. And we probably honestly wouldn't even be here talking about movies. If it wasn't for that guy, because I don't know where I would be in the movie industry or how far along I would have done or what movies I would have worked under if it wasn't for him helping me out, taking me out to dinners, introducing me to other people, um, you know, kicking me in the ass when I needed it and also giving me praise and confidence when I needed it. He, he is a phenomenal leader uh, and a great friend, and I don't think I'll ever be not thankful for that guy. Sweet. So thanks, family. Have a great night, bud.
0: You too, brother.